0: That's my friend mitch he owns the house oh, okay yeah. anyway yo man come hit this right here you need to hit this oh yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: hit no i appreciate it but i told my wife i wouldn't drink tonight besides i got a big day tomorrow but, but you guys have a great time a big day <laughs> doing what well um actually pretty nice little saturday we're uh, we're gonna go to home depot yeah buy some wallpaper maybe get some flooring. Stuff like that, maybe Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have
2: enough time. You know what? <laughs> you, know what? You, know what? you know what? Give me that, baby. I'll do one. Do one. We gon' do one. We gon' do one. We oh. gon' do one. Do you? Baby. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's a
0: talented man.
1: all right welcome back to another episode of muskies on tap i'm your host gus Manti, and we got a real special one we got a ton of faces on on the zoom call tonight and we'll be introducing them shortly but just want to first thank all of the listeners out there Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. It means a ton. On top of that, we've made a new Instagram account. It is at muskiesontap. Please give it a follow. Uh, We'll be posting the podcast every single week, and we'll also be having a ton of stories on there, miscellaneous fish catches, B-roll, Instagram reels, all that good stuff. So If you guys could give that a follow, that'd be awesome. And here with us tonight on the mic is Brian Eckel. How are you doing tonight, Brian? I'm doing great. Took me a couple of days to catch up on my sleep
3: after that weekend, but uh, was a was a great success and moved a lot of fish, caught a lot of fish, uh, managed to catch my PB. So been riding that high now for a few days, and uh, excited to break it all down.
1: Yeah, that that moment was awesome to be a part of that. And uh, I know the rest of this podcast, we're going to go into full detail on the Muskie Bender weekend. Um, new moon, big fish waters, lots happened. So stay tuned, everybody. And before we go any further, let me introduce the other Muskies on Tap member here tonight. And that is Max Manti. How are you doing tonight, Max? I'm
4: doing good.
1: Gus, is that a saddle tramp tee that you're rocking over there? yeah shout how did you out. see that look at that yeah. <laughs> shout out our
4: guy tom from the musky hunks yes sir. probably Thank one you, of tom. the coolest logos in the game uh yeah check him out if you haven't yet yeah the instagram thing's been fun brian and i have been uh kind of spearheading the instagram page so if you guys see any any unhinged content um you know blame that on brian and i not not gus he kind of <laughs> he kind of subtly green lights things here and there, but yeah, that'll be mostly us. And I'm really showing my boomer colors, my old age with trying to put together reels and shit. It's been, uh, it's been a process. I've been texting Gus and Brian, asking him how to do certain stuff and <laughs> it's been, it's been bad, but yeah, it's uh it was a really fun weekend. We had uh, two, two boats going, five of us. Uh, the other two, two, uh, guys that were able to join us this weekend, I'll introduce them here in a second, but yeah, really fun style of fishing. You know, we were able to kind of cover a lot of water that way. Um, with with the two boats going, we had three guys running on Augusta's boat, uh, two guys running out of Mitch Lund's boat and, you know, we're able to kind of just powwow here and there, which was a lot of fun, catch up, have a few beers. Uh, we ate some meals together. Uh, another thing that I just want to add, Gus, to the Muskie Bender weekend was really it was our first time—not not first time night fishing, but first time really putting the screws down and and trying to do some some serious night fishing. I'd say so. That was a fun element. We'll kind of expand on that. Maybe some tricks that we learned along the way. But without further ado, the other two members that we we fished with on our Muskie Bender was Mitch Lunn and Parker Knapp. Uh, two great sticks here uh, in the North that we've known for now a little bit of time. Mitch, a little bit longer. So, Mitch, if you want to just introduce yourself, I know that you have been uh, dabbling in the guiding business a little bit and potentially might get back into it. But you want to just tell the people who you are, uh, where you're from, and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, well, I'm Mitch Lund. I live uh live in Appleton in the Fox Valley. I've known both actually. I've known Gus, Max, and Brian. For since i was a little kid honestly grew thanks up playing, to, thanks to hockey yeah yeah thanks yeah. to hockey grew up playing hockey with uh gus and got to uh experience a lot of tournaments a lot of i don't know just fun times and brian went to elementary school growing up all the way through high school so pretty cool to uh i mean life goes different ways at times you get busy but we've kind of all connected past two years and this last weekend was just tying it all back together I mean we had a heck of a good time five guys two boats like Max said and I don't know we'll dig deeper into it but overall a great success. And so you uh you you
4: told me when we were fishing on the boat together that you might be getting back into the guiding game a little bit is that is that true or was that just boat talk?
0: A little bit of both more uh more or less my schedule is pretty flexible it's something that i'd love to uh make more of a uh priority i mean sure. it's a passion it's uh i mean a passion passion for all of us honestly so seeing gus and uh seeing what he gets to do on a regular i definitely am jealous of that so that's pretty cool <laughs> same and here he's kicking some butt at it So definitely something I want to dabble, dabble in, um, this year. I mean, I am your weekend warrior, unfortunately work gets in the way most of the time, like everyone else, but I make most of the time that I can. And once I can, uh, lock down, probably a few more lakes, um, really get confident in fishing a solid amount of bodies of water. It's definitely something that I could see in the foreseeable future. And I know you're, I mean, you're a
4: hell of a musky angler, but you do a bunch of other stuff in the outdoors too. So it sounds like, you know, you've done guided trips for hunting, you know, you told me bears, uh, brown trout, you know, all that stuff. So is that going to be kind of the full portfolio of what you might open up?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the plan. It's all, uh, it's fun to fish different stuff. I mean, muskies are definitely my number one. Um, but steelhead and brown trout, they're a close second. Mm -hmm. I love going down, uh southern part of the state milwaukee area catching some i mean world-class fish down there it's no secret but that's a blast and just seeing other people catch those and giving them the opportunity i mean giving themselves the opportunity honestly it's that's what it's all about
4: cool all right well uh our our another member that we we fished with this weekend was our boy parker knapp out of rhinelander Parker, tell the people, hey, kind of where you're from, how you got into musky fishing. Um, you've kind of been able to bounce around a little bit um, throughout the whole state. So that's been cool. You, uh, you know, obviously had some experience down in the Madison area. If you could touch on that, you were a big help to Gus and I with kind of helping us out with the uh, PMTT down there. So yeah, tell uh, tell the people, hey.
2: Hey, how's it going tonight, guys? Um, just thanks for having me on. First off, appreciate that. I'm uh, Parker Knapp. Grew up down in the Madison area so I spent a fair amount of time fishing the Madison chain not as much as I'd like to um the lack of the boat you know that puts a big damper in that plan but mainly grew up fishing flowage systems um tomahawk Wisconsin area all that in that area um currently live in Rhinelander now so I'm getting to dapple into that natural lake stuff up here which is just so much different and a whole new you know it's a whole new ball game it's just not even it doesn't even compare to the flowage type fishing but It's a lot of fun fishing these natural lakes up here. And there's, I mean, there's a million of them within an hour. So you could hit a new lake every day if you wanted to. It's awesome.
4: This is back before I even knew who you were. And you and Gus had become buddies, I think, over the winter um, after you moved up here, you guys got connected. But he was showing me pictures before I went down to Madison of um, you catching these shore muskies. (laughs) I haven't really seen anyone do that consistently. So, you know, I don't know if there's any trick or trade to that. But you want to just touch on that? So you said you didn't have a boat. So you were just kind of messing around offshore? I mean, some of these fish were, I mean, really quality fish for a guy who's just casting, you know, down a bank.
2: Yeah, um, I think there's something to that. You know, there's, I mean, Madison, obviously, it's no secret. There's big fish in Madison. There's tons of fish in Madison. And there's all kinds of boat pressure in Madison. So I think, you know, when you're you're casting offshore, it brings a whole new game to it. These fish don't see baits coming towards shore. You know, 99% of the baits they're seeing are coming away from shore towards a boat. And I think they get a little bit conditioned to that, you know, so I think that helps big time when you're casting towards shore. There's no secret spots. You know, you got guys walking right next to you and it's just, you know, your presentations and stuff are are relatively the same. I probably stayed away from the more common style baits, you know, like your bucktails and topwaters just because those fish are seeing a million bucktails and topwaters every single day by, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of people, but no, you kind of just, Depending on the time of the year, you just kinda of, these fish are still using the same structure. So your offshore your offshore structure is the same as your onshore structure. You know, you're just fishing it in a different direction, really. We got some big ones down there, got a lot of them, and I think the biggest one we pulled from shores about forty seven. Didn't have a tape on me or anything, but scratched the old rod and threw a tape on it when I got home and <laughs> it was somewhere somewhere touching that forty seven inch mark, which you know, that's a that's a trophy fish in most bodies of water. That's
4: awesome. Yeah, I feel like people that grow up fishing pressured waters and, I mean, and add the element of not having a boat, I feel like it just forces you to become a better angler or more well-rounded just because you kind of have to experiment with shit and try different stuff to, you know, get a bite. But, all right, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving us guys a little background there. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you guys to set the stage. For our musky Bender, what was uh what was the objective? What was the game plan going in? You know, just uh yeah, give it to us.
1: All right. Well, this musky bender kind of went down on this new moon period, uh leading into the new moon. So typically that going on right in midsummer is just like perfect. As soon as like all the legs just kind of start to peek out. Uh, weed growth is maximized almost. Uh, it's, it's just a really good time to catch, you know, usually a bunch of fish and go after a really big fish. So we got together this crew, uh, two boats, and our one goal is really to just catch a big fish and just only fish big fish waters. And that was kind of the key on finding the larger fish. I mean, we went to lakes <laughs> that were either... On the DNR is listed as A one, or they had history of producing extremely large fish, and that was that was pretty much our objective there. Uh, with that in mind, we also didn't really <clears throat> we didn't want to sleep a whole lot, so we decided to night fish. That was something that I think all five of us were relatively new to. I'm sure everybody's fished into the night, but I don't know about muskies or or going hard into that, but you know quick tips on that that we found which were you know a little difficult at first is one don't forget a headlamp that's a big one <laughs> you're going to need a couple of those prefer you know preferably everybody have one on so that you know the person who hooked the fish they can just focus on fighting the fish as opposed to trying to fumble and and uh turn the headlamp on another really big piece that we found really helpful is using glow beads uh in front of leaders they're also soft so that if you did, you know, tune out while you're reeling in your bait and you just slam it into the leader, at least was soft, not making a really hard like clacking noise and, and kind of ruining your figure eight. But that seemed to help a lot. Those glow beads are pretty cool. I think we got a good charge of out of them for maybe 20 or so minutes before you had to shine the headlamp back on it. But those those are really helpful other than that just try not to figure eight right into the other person i mean i think that's about it
3: or or try to actually figure eight near the boat (laughs) i know parker and i were struggling where (laughs) we were reeling it in and we'd you know just pitch black you can't see anything we just assume we're coming into the eight and we'd start turning the rod around the side of the boat and our bait's still 20 feet out and it just totally stops spinning the bucktail or whatever so absolutely challenging guilty.
1: (laughs) guilty of all that guilty as charged yeah that was tough. Uh we still struggled a little bit with that. I would s- I can't say unfortunately or fortunately, nobody got absolutely rocked boatside in the dark, which is surprising. I, I did. Really thought- I just missed it. Oh well. Uh, I, yeah. I think
0: Max might think differently a little bit. <laughs> well, better. yeah, Max has
1: Max is a story for it too. That that's completely different. I'm talking like you do a turn, you do another turn. You're on your third turn. You're just yeah. all you're thinking I mean, about is your enough, next cast, fair. and then just woof, 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 you know, fish comes flying, and you got no idea it's coming. But well,
4: yeah. also, also, Gus, this wasn't this this was night fishing on like freaking X Games mode because it was new moon, so there was no light. I mean, it wasn't just night fishing; it was like fishing in pitch black. I mean, you couldn't even yeah. barely see your hand in front of your face. It most it would
1: have it would have been easier to fish if I just had like tape over my eyes. To be honest.
0: <laughs> I had no center of
1: gravity like one little like movement in the boat I was like whoa 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 I'm about (laughs) to fall in it's like you can't ground yourself there's nothing to like look at to like level I don't know if this makes any sense but to like level yourself out like you know you look down and then all of a sudden you realize you're leaning over too far or you know you're missing steps and stuff like that. All right.
4: So I think the best way to maybe break this down is uh, each boat kind of tells their tale on how the night went. So Gus, Parker, Brian, you guys were in Gus's boat um, all of Friday night. But if you want to just kind of touch on from the time we all got together up until we we did our powwow there for our kind of dinner on the water, if you will, dinner with a view, you know, want to hear how, how things were going.
1: Let's set the stage on... Uh lake one night one max on what was going on at the boat launch before we got on there i know you got to oh, hear okay. this i did not so this might be important
4: yeah well it's it's a good story about just how cruel unfair uh and just dumb musky fishing is as it is as a whole um we were picking up i believe it was either parker or brian from the boat launch uh a boat was was also taking out at the time three guys they were up there for i think 10 days of vacation we were just kind of chatting with them and they saw all of our equipment in the boat which in itself was a pretty comical scene because you know mitch brings his stuff parker brings his stuff i got mine, gus got his we're all kind of waiting until we divvy up boats but at that time everything was in gus's boat so it was just like a total shit show of musky you know <laughs> stuff and we're talking with this group and you know they're like you guys going musky fishing huh we're like yeah it's that's, that's the plan well good luck we've been here for eight days and haven't seen a fish <laughs> like oh shit oh all right well that's not what we want to hear and you know they take out or they're actually putting in sorry because they they were putting in to go pan fishing they were like, yeah we're, we're done musky fishing we're gonna go catch some dinner all right, sounds good. Well, best of luck to you. And, you know, we kind of were talking internally like, well, that that's not exactly what you want to hear before, you know, heading out on a musky bender on this particular lake. But then uh, another boat rolls in after them, this old school ranger, a guy and his wife, they're out there for probably a handful of hours. We were chatting with them. And this guy caught a, a 40 plus inch muskie on a bass jig. <laughs> you know, it's just the, it's just funny to to hear those two kind of conflicting stories these guys are out there for days on end grinding not seeing anything and then you you talk to another group that just went out for a few hour bass trip and was able to boat up a, a you know 40 plus inch muskie it's just hilarious
1: yeah that was that was funny I didn't really exactly get to hear that but once you once you told that I was like uh- oh uh hopefully we can find some and I'm I'm glad I didn't hear
3: that story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, yeah. I didn't pull
1: up yet at the time. You would have been, so you would have been out of there.
3: <laughs> New
1: lake, different lake, different lake. No, we divided and conquered uh, <clears throat> once everybody got up north. And so, Brian Parker and I, th- this lake that we went to, I've fished quite often and we just immediately hit all the spots where I know fish should be recently, you know, based on recent catches and where we've been moving them. And we were tossing the whole assortment of rubber, uh, a few blades out there and a couple jerk baits and not even a sniff from a muskie. And I thought it was good weather, cloud cover, good wind and nothing. And I think that's pretty much it for that beginning part. And then we kind of had our little powwow boat meet up and and greet. So because we weren't really seeing much.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, important to note, I guess, that we started, like, like you said, those kind of A1 spots that have been good in the past, and I guess leading up to the day, and they were all, like, you know, relatively deeper weeds for the lake, like, seven to ten feet, um, you know, we fished around some cribs in, like, ten feet of water, and, uh, yeah, didn't see any sign of life. And then, I think before we ended up meeting up with, uh, Mitch and Max, I think they had Kind of helped us out and pointed us in the right direction. I think you guys had moved a fish or caught one before we met up.
0: Yeah, I don't know what time. Uh, I know we caught the first fish during the minor. I can't remember if we uh had met up to have our little uh. Yeah, the minor was probably around. before that then. So. Yeah. So talking about like A1 spot. So Gus and I actually talked about this lake and a fish this lake together a couple times now um and it's always cool when you fish with buddies or new people i guess because everyone fishes a body of water differently when gus and i went there the first time i fished my a1 spots were completely different than what his a1 were so Hmm. i mean that's cool in itself now you're uh you're sharing information sharing pasta catches, follows, whatever else, heartbreaks. But in this sense, uh Max and I actually fish started in an area that isn't one of my A1 spots. We actually saved the A1 for uh a little bit later and it did pan out for us. We actually I don't know if we want to dig right into it, Gus. Yeah, go
2: ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we uh I think Max and I had three fish up in uh what, 10 minutes?
2: Yes.
4: <laughs> Crazy, uh, yeah, nuts.
0: We we kind of stumbled around
4: this corner, and you had uh pointed out um to a a uh, point of interest on shore that you typically like to see while you're musky fishing. That to the to the naked eye maybe has nothing to do with muskies, and it, it probably actually doesn't have anything to do with muskies um, on shore. And so you know you see it and you're. You're sitting there saying, uh, beep. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, uh, you're sitting, okay, we start, we're just going to start to feel good here. And I mean, you can take it from here, but it was, yeah, fast and furious. Um, a lot of fish up in a short amount of time and you were able to put hooks in one.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, it comes down to when you're confident in an area, I think you just fish it better and in that case, it's an area that I've moved uh, <clears throat> moved fish in the past, caught a lot of fish there in the past in uh, this July time frame. And so going into it, you just kind of had that expectation almost that there had to be something there waiting to eat. And I had a, uh, I think the first follow ended up being just a, uh, it was a low, or a, no, that one was actually a high 30s and came in. A little bit on the sluggish side, chasing a uh, I think I had on the uh, seven nine trigger at that point and wasn't necessarily thrilled seeing the sluggish uh, follow, but that shortly changed. And I think, I don't know, two three casts later, Max, uh, you were working rubber at that point, I think.
4: Yeah, I was working my pink sus tube. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, you had a uh pretty quality fish that wish we would have got hooks into. I don't know
4: how it didn't eat, man. It was on
0: both sides of the tube.
4: I mean, I watched it follow. We were in relatively clear water. I watched it follow for probably 15 plus feet. I mean, it was, I mean, it was that same thing. Like the water clarity there really has stayed relatively, you know, it has not bloomed up or is not kind of muddied up much. And you're just looking down at an aquarium beneath your feet. I mean, you're seeing bluegills. We, we, we moved into that area we kept being like holy shit are there a lot of bluegills here there's got to be a muskie right Right. and i was just popping that tube over maybe two feet of clearance um and yeah that fish was sharking on both sides of the bait came into the first turn and left faster than it came in i mean it was just like god damn what we got to do
0: to get one to go right so at that point we're kind of looking at each other like, okay, things might be happening. I mean, everyone knows that muskies can be stingy and that bite window can close just as fast as it open. And in that case, we were just looking for an actual bite. So I did downsize a little bit. I think I switched to, I think a double six, uh, ghost tail and ended up max and i are talking about the bluegills once again and i'm like hey that little uh, area over there tucked behind said there should be a fish over that way and i think it was second third cast with that smaller profile bait and get rocked first crank <clears throat> and ended up being i mean a spunky fish we didn't know right away size on it but ended up being i don't know 30 31 didn't really measure but It was to break the ice i mean that was the that was kind of the first fish to start the week and then besides max and i had both uh been fishing separate waters earlier in the morning and both got uh dinks in the morning as well yeah did you want to uh i thought it was pretty funny about what we
4: were talking about prior to that fish being caught about how you know our love hate relationship with bucktails
0: oh yeah um everyone, I mean, you can tie it back full circle with confidence stuff. And I am, I'm not a uh, huge bucktail guy. I mean, I will rip rubber all day if I can. And I was talking with Max and I'm like, yeah, I think it's probably about time that I'm due for a bucktail fish. I said, it's been a little bit here. Haven't uh, had much luck on it yet this year. And yeah one two maybe three casts later it happened so it was one of those things where i mean you weren't expecting it at the time but you laugh at it and kind of funny how things play out yeah that was
4: that was a spunky little fish i mean i don't think i've seen a 31 inch or 30 incher put up that much of a fight before he was dogging it taking you for a ride um but yeah that like you said it was a good fish to break the ice i think You know, anytime you head into a weekend with five guys, two boats, you know, muskies, muskies can be dicks. And, uh, I think you go in with a lot of expectations. It feels good to just put that first fish on the board relative, you know, no matter how, how big or small it really is. So yeah, that was a good one to get us going. And then, you know, we felt like we found a good pile of fish and, uh, shortly after linked up with the fellas for a little, little sunset dinner on the water. Enjoyed our uh chicken wraps. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we, we were we were very happy to get those texts from you when you guys started moving those two and catching that one because I mean we hadn't seen anything at all and then pretty much like the phone vibrates two minutes later vibrates you know five minutes later vibrates again and we're kind of <laughs> like it's got to be about the same fish right and then it's like nope we moved another moved another and we're like okay <laughs> at least now we know what to do yeah and that
4: really was just finding the thickest shit we could possibly find and working that edge really meticulously um, like Parker kind of touched on with the shore fishing. Mitch did a really good do- job with bow control. You know, we would take, we would do a run and we would cast up to the break, you know, to that edge, to that really, really thick edge, pull baits off it. You know, we'd kind of spin around, work down it almost like perpendicular where you know we were throwing like across the break and pulling in our baits that way. <laughs> That's actually where I got the follow on the bigger fish was making like a a lateral cast across that break line and bringing it almost the whole cast was, you know, pretty much right next to the thick stuff. So, um, yeah, we were able to kind of find a pile of fish and it sounded like after that, you guys kind of adjusted your strategy and pretty, you know, pretty much in short order started moving, moving fish.
1: Yeah, we followed in your footsteps there, and and I know you. we were kind of sharing, you know, everything, not only just like baits and types of locations, but we we're, you know, sharing locations. So I ended up taking the boat down to about where you guys were and worked just almost continuing down the shoreline. And the immediate thing that I noticed looking at electronics was that it started marking like a ton of bait. And I don't remember marking like any bait on all the A1 spots that we hit right away, which was surprising. Cause I mean, I know the last few weeks there was loads of it there, but uh, that was the immediate thing that we noticed. And then we did start moving some fish. I know I moved two lazy ones on a suic. Um, Parker, Brian. I can't remember what you guys moved or how you moved fish. This was more into that sunset time period now for the listeners so that they know you know where we're at in the night so if you guys remember what you moved i know there's a few
3: yeah i'm trying to remember like the chain of events we moved a lot of fish over the weekend so i'm trying to remember exactly what we moved first um i'm trying to think did did my did the fish that i caught the small one was that uh that was in the dark that so was in I don't, the dark? Okay. Yeah, we were um, some on a flap got, tail, right? We definitely moved, yeah. Or yeah we, yeah. we moved a few um, down that shoreline farther, like you were saying. I know Parker got popped, and that was, I think, right before dark. Parker got yeah, popped. Yeah,
2: that was a little bit in the night.
3: Yeah, if you want to hit on that, I know it kind of caught us by surprise it hit so quick.
2: Yeah, that was I think that was the only one I saw on, night on my baits, but when you're fishing behind Brian with a flap, you've got to go slower, I think. And I don't know what's <laughs> slower, which that gets tough. Um, but no, I think, yeah, we it was like three, four fish prior to Brian getting that one, leading up to that just after dark bite, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. I know we moved a few or at least, you know, saw like the late follow on the side imaging. You know, we were casting right up to the choked out foil, and then it was, you know, fairly deeper and barren, right below the boat. So it was easy to see like a mark if you didn't quite see the fall on side imaging. And I think we saw one that way. Um, But we pretty much ran like this whole shoreline into the night, stayed relatively in the same area, same part of the lake. Um, And then I don't remember which came first. Uh, I believe it was the swing and miss muskie. But yeah, this was like right as it got pretty close to peak darkness. Um, I don't know what it was like 1030, maybe we had a I was casting a flap tail in the front of the boat and uh, couldn't see really the bait anymore and I was dragging it you know across parallel to the boat going into the eight and just scared us all shitless I think just a massive blow up I couldn't even see like where it hit in relation to the bait but it swung and missed and I like kind of like you know jolted and set the hook thinking it would be there and it wasn't and uh, yeah, I threw the bait back in the water and he was long gone. So that was a bummer. And that's the sad part about fishing at night is you'll never know how big or small that fish was, but it sounded mighty and uh after it smacked and missed, we all were kind of silent for ten seconds and just kind of like looked at each other like, uh <laughs> that might have been a big fish. That was
2: fun.
1: I I know Parker and I, when we heard that loud splash from the fish or boil or whatever you want to call it, uh we were all just dead silent because we were like waiting for you to say like i got one or like i'm hooked up because we're just like waiting for you like did it hit like what yeah. happened and i and i was waiting for you guys to be
3: like well did you screw it up or what happened there and like i i was as clueless as you guys i mean it's so dark you can't see anything and i mean yeah it got the heart pumping a bit which was fun um and then yeah like probably a couple hundred yards down the shore i was still throwing flap tail and uh got Actually, no, sorry. I switched top water presentation to Suic Nightwalker and uh, was just pitter pattering that thing super slow. And I don't know, probably five cranks in, got crushed by a, what was that thing, 25 inches or something? <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. That's generous. She, she, she bumped Rushed. 25 and three quarters. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Absolutely not, not bump fish, rocked 25. by it. <laughs> So, yeah, that at least got a musky on the board, um, added to the tally on the year. And then uh, I think the only other action that I had that night was a nice largemouth. Um, that one was on the Nightwalker, I think. I remember. Yes. Right? Yeah, that yeah, was not too, yeah. One of the two topwaters, pretty nice largemouth. So, you know, not what we're after, but still fun.
2: I think we got to touch on the adrenaline rush when you're night fishing like we all said you know kind of all you know newish to the night game and you hear someone say fish or you hear an explosion on top water everyone goes scrambling for the net or, you know, <laughs> yeah. get their baits in. and then yeah, brian oh, pulls yeah. up a 22 inch musky or a 16 inch mom off you're like you know y'all you think it's gonna be that 45 inch fish 50 inch fish and it's like a little thing you know not what you're <laughs> expecting at night during your peak window kind of thing it, but it, it was,
3: was very 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 weird like 30 minutes for us because i you know the explosion on the water and it ends up being a bass and then pretty much in that exact same spot like i don't even know what it was five ten minutes later Gus gets rocked and it ends up being like a 18 inch walleye and we're like okay is this what night fishing is no musky everything else eats
1: yeah i couldn't tell if we needed larger lures or just like really really tiny lures because like these small fish were annihilating like super big lures i mean i was using a 10 inch suik and yeah, don't didn't even measure, but like somewhere in that 15, 17 ish inch, walleye I crushed it boatside, like I think I already <laughs> like made a turn and it just it hit that at that point, it made no sense. But I think the rest of the action from our boat was just Parker, you had a miss in the dark, yeah, on yeah, seven 79 trigger. And I think that was it,
2: yeah, way up tight to the weeds, too, like you guys talked about, you know, right on that wall, a couple cranks in. Again, no idea. Could have been a 50, could have been a 22-inch musty. We don't know. (laughs) Right. Never will.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was the excitement from our boat. So, Max, Mitch, what about you guys? I know you guys got to get one at night. Really good story. Let's hear it.
0: Yeah, so talked about not fishing the A1 spots right away. But Max and I kind of decided, I mean, when you have a smaller boat, I mean, I'm rocking... The uh, Lumograph Escape, just 16 16 footer. I mean, gets the job done, awesome boat, but doesn't take on the waves or the wind as well as uh, Gus's rig does. So being a little more cautious and like position, positioning is really important with that boat and that setup. Wind died down a little bit. We decided that the first spot that we had fished that night had the potential and we decided to go back on it on the way there. uh, Max and I kind of discussed how the uh, moon has really played a uh, role in a lot of follows, a lot of action this year. Just those uh, majors, minors. It's really been, uh, I don't know. A lot of the fish have just been caught and moved during those periods, I guess. So other than that, Max, it's your story. So uh I'm gonna let you tell it.
4: Uh yeah, actually, so we we were kind of going back
0: to that vicinity because the wind
4: was, like you said, blowing pretty good when we started the day. And I remember there's a specific spot that actually Gus showed me uh, a few weeks back. So shout out Gus on this this fish. But it again is a you know a heavily weeded area. It's a good distinct edge. Um it's it's kind of like unassuming if you will because it's in a greater weed weed bed but this just has like a kind of a half moon cut within the major bed so it's it's kind of the spot on the spot if you guys have heard gus talk about that in previous podcasts i think out of that greater weed bed this is kind of if you had you know 20 minutes to do a pass this is kind of that area that you'd want to focus on and and so yeah we pull up there and uh Rain kind of starts, which, which was, you know, just a little bit of a slap in the face. Cause again, you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's starting to rain. It just felt tough out there at this point. We hadn't moved to fish in a little bit. And um, I mean, we pulled up to the spot. I mean, it had to have been five casts and uh, just felt dead weight. The bucktail stopped. And, you know, I, with the way my rod was positioned, I was kind of, probably should have been in a better, a better setting position, but My rod tip was pointed down towards the water. And when I set the fish, I set down into my left. And when I set down into my left, I heard the splash of the fish. And for whatever reason, you know, like I said, you can't see anything. I thought that that fish was three feet away from the boat maximum. And so, you know, with Mitch's boat, like he said, it's a little bit smaller. We got rods, we got baits everywhere. You know, it's a little bit harder to run around the boat in complete darkness. Mitch is like trying to get his headlamp going. I mean, it was total chaos and it all happened so quick. And so, you know, I'm fighting the fish down to my left and I can't continue to keep working the fish down the left side of the boat just solely because there's so much shit on the boat. So I try to try to kind of work the fish back to the right. And as I do it, my entire line just goes completely slack. And I was like, shit, he's off, he's off. And as I start reeling up to my slack, all of a sudden the rod loads again and the fish starts going crazy on the top of the water. This this freaking thing was 25, 30 feet out. <laughs> Wasn't even close to both sides. Don't know how he stayed pinned at the time. We later found out. Um, but yeah, fish put up a hell of a fight. Uh, Mitch was quick with the net, which was great. I, I didn't know how he was hooked because, I mean, he was slack line for probably a, a good five seconds i didn't have any tension on this fish like none and so when i got tension again i'm like there's no way he can be hooked well and so i literally remember uh mitch shining his headlamp on the fish it was at the surface and i just horse it in and mitch laid the net in the water and it just happened thankfully really well and it ended up being a really nice you know no trophy but a really nice fish and a a good one at night to kind of get that uh, you know Get the monkey off the back, if you will, for the night fishing stuff. Um, I was throwing that seven nine stager that Mitch had mentioned. Kind of thought behind that was just adding a little bit more noise down there. Um, I switched to a really dark pattern. I don't know how much color really played a factor into it because it was so dark, but yeah, it was kind of a murdered-out bucktail seven nine trigger. And uh yeah, it was this uh a really total chaotic fish. I don't think I've ever been part of a a catch that was that just kind of like chaos because you just really couldn't see anything. When we finally got the fish in the bag, we realized he just absolutely inhaled this bucktail. And so luckily we had the right stuff. You know, we had hook cutters, uh, needle nose, and we're able to get it, um, get the hooks cut, get the bait out of the fish relatively quickly. He had this weird kind of smirk on his mouth. He kind of had a a bad upper lip. And so his bottom jaw was hanging out. It looked like he was almost kind (laughs) of laughing at us. Like, what the hell are you guys still doing out here? I thought I was about to get an easy meal. And yeah, got that one back in the water, you know, close to 40. We never really measured it. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where we wanted to get a quick video, quick picture and and get it back. The picture of me, I look like an absolute mutant because, because yeah, I guess, well, another trick of the trade, if you're ever taking night pictures, you know, I don't know how you want to do it, but maybe <laughs> take a few free night pictures of what you look like in the pitch black before you are holding a trophy fish because you don't want to look like an absolute imbecile when you when you got that trophy in your hands so yeah it was uh it was really exciting after that i mean we were we were pretty content we had both like mitch said caught you know two fish that day which is which in our minds is is just fine great day but we continued to fish hard throughout the rest of the night i mean we had a few hours left that fish came pretty late in the night we went back to that spot that uh we had mentioned before, but the problem was, was the the edge of those weeds were so thick and it was so dark. It was nearly impossible to position your boat at a, you know, relatively good casting length between, you know, your boat and the weeds to make proper casts uh, down that edge. So we found that difficult. It's just one of those things at night fishing that you're kind of posed with these different challenges. You kind of have to just fish differently. You know, Gus was kind of telling some tips and tricks here at the beginning of the podcast. But if I had to add anything, try to fish spots that you just relatively have some sort of background knowledge on and that are, that are somewhat easier spots to kind of manage and not having to be like very meticulous on where you're placing your lure, just cause it's so difficult to really even know where you're casting or what you're casting to. So yeah, it's a good fish. Good to get that a little bit larger fish during the trip. You know, we got back that night. Has had a few celebratory beers after a good evening of fishing, made some food and kind of set the stage for for day two.
1: Yeah, day two, we uh we pretty much wanted to key in on those like major moon phases. I think we only each Friday and Saturday night we just slept through the one of the minors that was going on at like four a.m. or something ridiculous. We weren't gonna do the <laughs> we weren't gonna do the full send all night. That would have been Really difficult. I think both nights we screwed up with minimal caffeine, uh, like bringing caffeinated drinks, so that would have been impossible anyways. (laughs) So, but Saturday we woke up and it was kind of in a scramble because the lake that we went to on Saturday was a little bit more of a drive, and we realized like, oh shit, if we leave right this second and put our boat in within five minutes of getting there, the major starts. So we're like, so we're just getting out the door. Everyone's just going. We're quickly headed up there and, and we drop in. And I think, uh, I don't know, the major started somewhere in that 10 a.m. time frame, and we had our boat in probably 10 minutes after that. I don't know. Um, And this is into brand, like absolute brand new water for uh Mitch and his boat. Cause he was still bringing his boat. And that morning, Brian started with him. and then in uh, our boat it was me, Max, and Parker. And Mitch looks at me. He's like, "Where do I fish?" I'm like, "Uh, here, here, and here." All right, see you later. And
4: so... Mitch was the one that was roaring to go at like 8:30. He came in like, "What the hell are you guys still doing in bed?" I thought we were leaving at like 8:30.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
0: think uh, I was ready. I I was excited to fish new water, and I mean going in kind of blind i mean i think gus had showed me a couple of spots at 12 30 at night and (laughs) it was one of those where he's half awake half asleep just yeah here 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 and i was like all right i'll just ask him again in the morning
1: (laughs) yeah so okay absolute new water to everybody for me i can't call it truly new water because i was able to get out there on thursday actually just because I didn't exactly want all of us to go in like super blind into this place. So I went there Thursday and didn't see a fish, uh, marked out incredible weeds and rocks, ended up trolling a little bit and getting three to come up on live scope on lures while trolling. So we at least knew where some fish would be on rocks if we wanted to fish those. So, you know, Going there in advance definitely helped, but yeah, that's where I was just like, all right, Mitch, this looked really good. This looked really good. There should be fish there, but I don't know exactly. So that was pretty much how it started. And when we get out there for our boat, uh, Max Parker and I, we just buzzed straight to kind of an isolated, deeper weed hump near the weeds that I was like, oh, that looked intriguing on Thursday. Let's just go fish that. And Parker. we hammered that. Parker, what
4: real real quick goes Parker what were we talking about before we pulled up to the spot do you remember our conversation
2: I do I do I'm pretty sure we had it was talking about like this whole year we haven't just like pulled up you know a new lake any lake actually you know even any lake. been fishing you know the entire season and you've never just gone out there and made 15 20 casts and just stuck a fish like right away <laughs> yeah, you
4: know it's been one of those years
2: little did we know it was going to transition into a pretty hectic half hour there <laughs> yeah
1: that was an absolute power hour power half hour window for us because it was you know right there getting there during that major fish that little isolated weed hump kind of and i'm just sitting there on the trolling motor like uh where do we go next because like we fished around it and the wind was beating into the spot and i was just kind of letting us idle and then all of a sudden max looks inside of him She's like oh there's weed starting again that looks pretty good i'm like oh all right, we'll just keep going. And like two casts later, maybe not even Max just has like a, I don't know. What'd you say? Low mid forties come flying I, in on a
4: bucktail. I mean, I don't know if it was just the visuals, but it looked all 44, or 45 to me. Now, granted I'm, you know, I'm trying to get better, but I sometimes can overestimate <laughs> the size of fish before they hit the bump board. Uh, you know, it's my cross affair. Mo- mo- mainly
3: just fish that are that they actually hit your line. So it's always oh, big, <laughs> big, fish, big, big fish, big fish, <laughs> big fish. <laughs> yeah, I get
4: excited, but yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. It came screaming in on a bucktail. Again, the seven nine trigger, but it was a a, a Suggs custom. Um,
1: yeah, Suggs custom. Hey, well, you don't need to be talking about it. That's that prototype.
4: Oh right, yeah. <laughs> no, I just yeah.
1: yeah, shush, shush, shush.
4: Yeah, can't can't have anyone know. That bait's yeah. going to sell like hotcakes. Anyone probably <laughs> gets the inside joke there. Um, the the interesting thing with this water was uh, the fish that came in was so much blonder than a typical Wisconsin fish. So maybe that might have had something to do with the size just because it looks so different. Um, but that was cool. It almost looked like, you know, when you see those videos of, of Minnesota fish or like the vermilion fish, when they come in, they're just... They're all blonde. I mean, it, would, it just had a really light colored back. I mean, Parker was able to see it gusted in, but it followed around a few times in the eight. And I think it just, I, I kind of screwed up the eight. I went a little bit too wide and I looked at Parker. I was like, that fish was looking to eat. I just didn't keep the, the bait in its face for long enough. Um, But yeah, it was a really good sign. I mean, we were there for no more than 15, 20 minutes and we move up. You know, whether it was a 43 or a 46, who cares? It was a really nice fish. And that definitely helped get the confidence up, I think, for everybody, because we had texted Brian and Mitch. We're like, yep, there's some big fish in this lake.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, it was that was cool to see early on. Yeah, we, uh, Mitch and I had a different story to start. Um, we, you know, took what we could from Gus's little tidbit of knowledge in the lake and Got to, I guess, the general area where he pointed us, and we drove around the Dead Sea for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes there, fighting the wind. We're like, all right, we got to switch this up quick. Like, it's a major. We're fishing pretty much nothing here. Um, little did we know, we found out later in the day, we were probably within 100 yards of this huge weed bed, and we just never saw it on side imaging, and um, <laughs> so it is what it is. But we we transitioned farther down the shoreline. Um, kind of into this bay that looked, you know, like it was laying a little bit lower. I don't know. just kind of gave that feel of a weedy bay and, uh, ended up finding some really good weeds there and like out to probably seven or eight feet of water. Um, and we worked that for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. I don't think we got anything on the first pass and then we ran it back through because we were kind of getting blown through pretty quick from the wind. Um, and I think then Mitch raised what maybe was a muskie. I don't know if we
0: ever caught good eyes on it yeah can't confirm or deny on that it was just one of those 30 40 feet out came up fast followed for two seconds and decided to go the other way so not a real big fish but a little glimmer of hope because like (laughs) Brian said just kind of uh going in there and going off of the spots that gus had pointed us i i mean pointed in the direction at least and yeah i mean that first spot definitely if we would have uh not been in the major i think we would have putted around a little bit more and uh eventually found that super nice weed edge there and definitely stuck with that but not knowing we had to kind of bounce around and find some uh potential uh fish that would move yeah we uh I, i'm trying to remember exactly if this was like
3: at the end of the major i think we still had Probably thirty minutes left of the major. Um, we were just looking at the lake map on, uh, you know, Mitch's Garmin there, and we we saw this really prominent rock bar, um, and we figured like you know worth a shot. I don't know if like we had the text or had seen the text from from Max or Gus about fish they were moving, but we decided to go the other direction and not fish weeds. Um, so we pull up to this rock bar. It's getting just chucked with wind and uh, drifted the whole thing like twice and it seemed super good um but again just no sign of life um and i think it we then transitioned to like a secondary little point or mid-lake hump that was also rocky with no weeds um no luck there either we were kind of getting destroyed by the wind and so we were kind of down bad a little bit lost and uh probably just should have stuck it out in that weed bed but living you learn and uh once we met back up with the guys we Kind of developed a more confident game plan of how to attack this new water. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back. And it is funny, you know, the whole new water thing, like when you guys talk about
4: being 100 yards away from the weed bed, it's like, it's like that meme where there's like two guys digging the tunnel and there's like the big diamond at the end. And the one guy gives up and he's like really close to it. And the other guy, <laughs> you know, still digging or whatever. But, um, yeah, going back to like the power hour thing. So, it was, yeah, me, Gus, and Parker in the boat. We moved that really nice fish. And Gus, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like a few minutes later. We're still just drifting down the weed bed. And I, you know, all of a sudden just get rocked uh, way out in the cast. Um, knew right away, you can actually hear me on the video just go, Tiger, because <laughs> it hit the whole back of the fish came up out of the water. I saw the pattern so it's like you know you have the element of you know it's a good fish probably the biggest of the trip You coincide that with the fact that you know it's a tiger muskie heart was thumping pretty good um definitely had some extra nerves there just because i had really never put a big tiger in the boat before I've, i've caught my fair share of them but just nothing none of those ones where you see the head and you're just like holy shit it's that's you know that's a good fish and so um Yeah, it just, uh, it was a, it was a sweet fish. Uh, it's on Gus's Instagram, just ended up being a really nice tiger, not too far away from where I moved that big one. So we were able to get that one. Vibes were very high after that, you know, on this lake, it's just in general, you move this big, great big fish and we catch a really big tiger. Um, so we're like, well, we're doing that pass again. So we spin back around and drifting over the waypoint of where I moved the big one. We were about 80 yards down from it and same thing tell you what i i want to see the video again because i remember the hit just being completely just violent where it almost kind of took the rod a little bit out of my hand i think i was in mid-sentence talking to somebody and just felt it completely crush uh my bucktail another really nice fish again in the same weed bed and that one unfortunately didn't end uh like the tiger did um had it hooked for a while. Um, you know, you can see on the, vi- uh, on the film. And I remember too, right after I set the fish actually came out of the water two or three different times trying to shake that lure loose. And even though it was far out on the cast, I could see the bucktail just going back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, "He, there's just no way this fish is hooked very well. Um, and when we got it up around the side of the boat, you know, probably we were talking before we started recording tonight, you know, Hindsight's 2020 20. you wish you would have done stuff differently when you missed a nice fish but maybe could have played it a little bit more aggressively i i was in the mindset where i knew it was hooked a little bit light because when it came around the front of the boat and you could see the fish perfectly in the water we knew it was a good fish i saw the entire bucktail i couldn't tell exactly where it was but you could just see like the full skirt and the blades and so i'm like where the hell are the hooks and i probably had a chance to to horse it at that point but went the route of trying to play it out and just stick with where the fish was swimming and it kept playing it down the right side of the boat all the way to the back of the boat and it took one shake the other way and if it, it the bucktail just kind of like fell off like it didn't even like you know there wasn't even much of like any action for it to shake the hooks it just it must have been barely pegged on the side of its face or something like that but so that I mean, <laughs> Do you ever want to talk about the highs and lows of musky fishing I mean that all happened within maybe a 15 minute span you catch your biggest tiger of your life and then you lose a really nice fish <laughs> right at the boat so yeah that's uh as we like to say on our boat that's the way she goes but didn't uh didn't keep us down for too long um you know we we switched it up pretty quickly after that and and Gus was able to get another another nice fish on the board
1: yeah we just you know, that was awesome. Tiger max PB for you. Uh, awesome to see a tiger in the boat. It just felt like it almost felt like somebody's going to get a tiger over the weekend. And, and it did. So that was, that was just super cool. And, and we figured after that, that we should just keep pounding weeds. Uh, there are so many weeds in this area that I didn't even begin to look at on my little outing on Thursday, the time before, I mean, where we where Max got that tiger and lost that fish was uh, my boat previously have ne- has never been on those tracks. So that was brand new and then ended up going to a different section of the weed bed, drifting through on a whole different line completely out of the tracks from before and then popping a nice, I don't know, somewhere in the 30, mid 30 inch class fish on a red October tube. 10 inch tube uh shout out to jack to hooked me up with a bogs custom <laughs> sent that with mitch for the way up and and uh it's like the ugliest color known to man it's wonder kind of a sus tube as well it's wonder bread <laughs> it's got you know pinks purples yellows blues white base and the thing looks so bad in the water and it caught a fish <laughs> So there you have it, people. The uglier the tube, the more it gets bit. So that that fish hit the bag, and that was actually completely out of any moon phase. And I don't think a single thing was going on with the wind or the clouds, or so that was just a bait in front of Muskie's face. That fish for some reason wanted to eat, and there you have it, you know, fish in the bag. So that was lucky, and even for that. Looking back on that, I think everything except for Brian's big fish, a lot of, or I guess in Max's the night before um, that they had to cut hooks, a lot of fish were not hitting baits correctly, as you could say, I guess, like nipping or hitting them weird because the tube fish I caught came off in the net and I could tell it just, I didn't get a great hook set into it and all that, but. But yeah, fish were just kind of hitting weird. You know, some of them were hitting weird. And I believe that was, so if I'm not mistaken, that was the last fish or sighting of a fish before lunch.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think we broke for lunch probably 45 minutes after that, um, which was very welcomed for Mitch and I got to fill our bellies and lift the spirits a little bit more going into the afternoon shift. Yeah, I think you guys are the only one that had uh, alcoholic beverages at lunch.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Ease the pain
3: a little bit.
4: (laughs) A little Bloody Mary always helps out. It does. It does. I I had my fair shares of beers that weekend, but that was just funny. It was like, you're like, I'll take a sweet tea, sweet tea, sweet tea. Yeah, I'll take a bloody chase, (laughs) please. (laughs) How's your fishing day
0: going? (laughs) Uh, But I don't know. Sometimes you're down bad like that, but it was only a uh, only a temporary uh, hold up for us. I mean, I struggled a little bit that day. wasn't a uh, wasn't a great outing for me. I Had a chance at a real nice one that we can talk about in a little bit. But I mean, Brian made up for it at least. He uh, brought that <laughs> luck, took the took the bad luck from my boat and brought it over to gas.
1: <laughs> yeah, post lunch, Brian hopped on to. Our boat, So it was Max, Brian, and I, the Mott crew, and then Parker and Mitch in Mitch's boat for the post-lunch. And anybody want to share what happens next? I can't remember exactly. Uh, I about.
4: just remember not seeing a fish for the next four hours. Yeah, getting yeah, pretty,
3: pretty wet, say, got a lot tough. of rain, the juiciest <laughs> conditions ever.
1: Yeah, we trolled for a little bit and then we're like, oh, wow, there's some nice rain coming in it's like let's get go let's go going on casting and let's go back to where we you know contacted and caught those fish and our boat we just raised a, a dink and caught a pike or two or something like that like it wasn't very yeah, eventful that it wasn't range, much yeah I was we thinking got
4: like thinking brian had the skunk on him at that point
3: i i still hadn't i mean i think by that point everybody had at least had a follow or caught a fish I would yet to see a muskie in this body of water. <laughs> Parker's uh, shaking
2: his Parker. head.
0: You didn't <laughs> no, have a follow not, either?
2: Not, not everyone.
0: Not everyone. <laughs> uh, well, actually, though, I was just going to say, I think the first little uh, bit of action, though, out of our boat, me and Parker, was we decided, uh, I think we went back to grab our uh, night stuff, went back to the landing, decided, hey, let's uh, try out this bay. Mm-hmm and parker uh just about stuck uh what would you say how, how big do you think that thing I, was 16 17
2: uh,
0: yeah yeah
2: it was it was pounder? in there came up pounder? On the eight, though. what's up
0: <laughs>
1: 17 pounder
2: yeah yeah we can go yeah. with that we'll say yeah, we'll, that. Go, <laughs> we'll go
0: with that no <laughs> just a little guy a little guy that wanted to uh eat but i think that was just a little sign of life that we needed it gave us just whether it's a big one or small at least it uh gets your heart rate up a little bit
3: did you and then i think was it right after that rain ended
2: if i'm not wrong you guys moved to nice fish then in that same area it was right before we kind of had a little bit of a level was that about three ish we kind of got out of lunch and started casting again and everything kind of just it just didn't feel right again you know hitting kind of the same areas and we just you're getting, you know, to that point in the day where you need something to happen to keep you moving. Was that um, was
4: that after, before your guys's hour break, catching bluegills off the launch dock? That
2: was <laughs> <Yeah>. after. That <laughs> was after.
0: Yeah, that was yeah. after, and was it, was, it was it was it was forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> talk about things to say. Sane during a muskie vendor. I I was taking a nap when we were trolling. I just conceded my rod to Brian. I think I was like, I need some shut eye, and then we. When we linked back up with Mitch and Parker, like, Yeah, well we uh we chatted some people and sat on the launch and caught some bluegills for a little bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but luckily, I mean, a couple hours later those clouds started coming in and you know, stuff start, started to feel right again. And I think just before it started to rain on us, Mitch had a what we say, low forties, good fish, quality fish come in. But unfortunately, you know, fishing those weedyish bays, you get those tall weeds every once in a while and I think that could have deterred that fish from coming in all the way to the boat, you know, it kind of quit what 10-ish feet or so from the boat.
0: Yeah, yeah. I never actually
2: get to see the fish, but you can kind of touch on that one a little bit more, but
0: yeah, just kind of, well, Parker and I actually went back to uh, the spot that Brian and I had fished in the morning. And like Brian had pointed out earlier, it just not knowing uh, in the early morning where exactly to go. That was just, one of our areas uh, looking at uh, Navionics and everything looked like, hey, that should be a uh, bay back there that holds some good weeds, which it did then. But yeah, that fish uh, kind of screamed up on me and about 15, 20 feet from the boat saw that uh, she kind of slammed on the brakes and I fully uh, fully anticipated her coming into the eight on that. But like you said, low 40s super solid fish would have loved to uh put hooks into it but that was kind of our moment like hey okay well this fish or there's a fish in this area so definitely worth uh coming
2: back on during some sort of moon yeah i think we continued what the next couple hours got a little wet there for about 45 minutes no rain gear was good woke you up (laughs) a little bit
0: yeah Uh, we definitely dropped the ball on the uh rain gear don't uh (laughs) If if it's not soaked, uh, don't take it out of your boat and bring it into the cabin. Leave it in the boat. <laughs> that was, we all, I think we were just
4: delirious that morning. Because, yeah, we were under, slightly underprepared for that huge rainstorm that hit. I mean, I didn't have the appropriate gear. Mitch and I changed pants at one point in time because he needed a little more
0: coverage. Hey, you. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh... <laughs> I borrowed some pants. Yeah, though. yeah, not changed yeah. pants. Sorry, <laughs>
4: Borrow, borrowed some pants. My bad, my bad. Um, don't want to <laughs> give the listeners the wrong idea there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, it was just, dude, yeah, the that rainstorm was hilarious. Like, it just, it was, you know, what was it like, a 20% chance of rain, and the next thing you know, it just pissed rain for about 35, 40 minutes <laughs> straight. Yeah.
3: We thought it was going to start hailing at one point. I mean, this it was coming torrential down in sheets. Yeah, it was bad um so i guess for our boat then uh we really didn't see another fish there um until we met back up again after the minor maybe at like 8 30
1: or so we met back up i was later than that because it wasn't nine too o'clock. long a- wasn't yeah, too
4: long after o'clock. we met up that fireworks <laughs> happened
0: yeah before we get to that point i did raise uh <laughs> one that parker and i kind of had one of those uh moments where we just looked at each other and kind of disbelief of uh hey did that really just happen or i guess in that case not happen had a uh super respectable i'd say 44 45 that came in once again on that same uh stagger blade that murdered out trigger and just came in hot and first turn of the eight uh she's right behind it and I hung it high on the uh, right side corner and she kind of flares at it, does a tail kick and looks like she's just going to munch right there. Uh, Parker and I, at that moment, we're, I think we're both thinking the same thing that this fish is in the bag already. Yeah. And she decided not to, uh, not to eat on that turn. So I continued on. She followed, I think, two more turns and decided that she uh put enough energy in and she would wait till <laughs> a uh, easier meal. Hats. So that was uh a little bit of a heartbreak. Uh, that would have been a fish that uh definitely uh I mean we caught a lot of fish last weekend, but that one would have been up there with, with those uh good ones to look back on and have that have been to a
4: call. really cool eat too, right at your feet and
0: yeah, especially when Parker's there, like you don't always see the follow from the guy that you're fishing with i mean a lot of the time depending on where you're at in your retrieve i mean you're focused on your bait at that point parker was uh i, I don't think he had his bait in the water he just had taken it out and uh he was able to witness everything so yeah it definitely would have been sick if uh that fish did eat but yeah they're
2: muskies Yeah, Yeah, getting that perspective from the front of the boat too. you know, you get to look, it's a whole new view of that, that fish coming in on the figure eight and stuff. (laughs) It's all in slow motion. You know, I can still, obviously, you know, when it's underneath your feet, you know, it's almost too intense. Sometimes you kind of forget it, you know, you black out a little bit, you don't even know what really happened, where you went wrong. But this was one of those fish that just came up and it was just, you know, it felt like it was just at half speed. I remember Mitch looking at me after, like you said, we kind of just stared at each other. And he looked at me like, what did I do wrong? Like, what could I have done differently? And I'm like, honestly, you know, it, it felt like one of those fish that was this either going to eat or not eat. I'm not sure if there's something, you know, some trick in the trade that you could have done to made that fish eat. But I don't know. It, it felt good. It felt right. But
3: hard, it one it's one hard those, to change up anything big. with a bucktail in the eight. I mean, <laughs> you, always, like, you always hear you don't want to stop the blades from moving. But that was kind of the tail of the weekend in terms of all the fish you moved, especially on Sunday is they'd come firing in on the eight and you're like, yep, this is locked. Like this thing's going to eat on the second turn. And then like they'd have their nose on it at times or nip at it. Like Gus was saying, just weird, weird, you know, actions by them. And then they just disappear. So whatever the weather was or whatever, you know, made them act. So it wasn't even lethargic because they were, they were swimming fast. They were hot on it. They just wouldn't eat. So I don't know, just a, just a weird weekend, whatever was causing them to do that. Yeah.
4: It's, uh, they, they act weird sometimes. I think Mitch even told me when we met back up after that, he's like, I already had a picture with that fish in my hand, in my, in my mind, I was already <laughs> taking a picture with it. Cause I mean, yeah, you just have those fish that are like seeing red. You just think they're going to eat and they don't. And you're just like, what the hell? Like, yeah, it, it makes you think how you ever catch them at all. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's just tough. It's a dead
1: opposite of your Friday morning fish, Max.
4: Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. we don't have we don't have to talk about that too much but i i had one coming to aid on friday morning when i was fishing with gus just for a few hours before work and literally as i'm doing finishing my head i take the bait out of the water and i see the fish just sit there and i you see me on the video i put my hands on my head like finally one is gonna eat and i freaking pull the bait out of the water and so i just stuff the bait back in the water i do like one more turn and it just hits it again i'm like all right well <laughs> This fish is stupid, but I'll take it. You know, There's glad
1: musky, musky gods looking out for you. Yeah, best, best muskies
3: most... are dumb muskies. Yeah.
4: yeah. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Um, all right. So after Mitch has that really nice fall that should have eaten, um, you know, we can we can just say we caught it if you want. You know, know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll go back good. on her later. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, so I got after, her number. Yeah, you got her number. So after after that that fiasco happens, we meet up for, um, for our little sunset powwow, quick bite, few beers, share, swap some stories on what's going on, what we're seeing. Cause you got to think too. I mean, obviously we're, we're reliving this now on the podcast, but you know, we're, we're on remote lakes where, um, you know, services is, is fine, but texts aren't going through. You're also not on your phone allowing you're fishing. So like we're giving each other a little bit quips here and there, Hey, raise one, whatever, but we're not doing the full play by play when we're on the boat. So, it's good to link back up. We kind of debriefed a little bit on what our our game plan was the rest of the night. And I mean, then Brian, I'm gonna let you take it from here. But we were sitting there during our powwow. <laughs> you know, Brian, he loves a little stumpy bay. Mm. Uh I took one look at him, I'm like, hey, let's uh let's just meander down in this thing and see what's what.
3: Yeah, and if I recall, we were all like just I mean, pretty tired and starting to get beat up. Like our mileage on the, on the musky send was catching up to us at this powwow. And we were having discussions about, you know, how late do we want to fish tonight? Um, and this major that Saturday night was pretty late. I think it started at ten forty five, went to like twelve forty five AM. Um, so we were trying to decide if we want to fish all that. Like, do we have the energy? We had like maybe two drinks left, so we didn't come perfectly equipped, but, uh, yeah, we broke away. Max made the comment about the stump bay. Um, I was not gonna argue with him and uh <laughs> luckily Gus was all for it. So um we put it over there and uh fished, you know, pretty much similar same spot weeds that we had been fishing all day and just went in, you know, put the boat maybe a cast length in from the break. So we are now instead of you know in eight or ten feet of water, we are now in like six or seven feet of water um casting you know up more shallow into the choked out weeds just with the mindset that you know at night these fish are going to creep up a little bit more shallow and um you know they're not gonna be affected by the sunlight so um gus you got something to add about that
1: yeah quick tidbit on that i think what was important on potentially you know moving into the stump bay and like going on top of the weeds basically that we're casting into all day casting in even shallower it was like a august cool down september cool down i mean there was fog lifting up on the water yeah it got cold like a lot of it like that water was cooling off quickly and typically when you think of that and like the early fall you're like fish are they're not shallow they're stupid shallow so it's like yeah sure get those top waters let's you know slow roll some bucktails and you know get up in there so yeah Brian, take it away
3: yeah so um you know, I've been waiting to fish this spot all day, right up my alley, you know, about two feet of clearance above the weeds, nice and shallow. It, not even, not even where, where all the fish always are. Um, and <laughs> so yeah, we pull up to this like corner of the lake. It's just a stump minefield. Um, and like Gus said, like right around the time that we get in this general area, a bunch of the dew and steam is lifting off the water. Uh, most prominently in this corner, too, that we were kind of pointing our boat at and targeting. Um, and yeah, I mean, at this point, it's probably 9 30, like getting close to last light. And uh, I had on the bomb squad flap tail. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's all just one big weed bed. So there's really nothing that I was casting at directly or casting up to. I just took one big cast kind of parallel to the stump field, you know, in the same four or five feet of weeds. And, uh, not too, you know, not too long after it hit the water, I got crushed and, you know, that was my first fish sighting all day of any sort. So, <laughs> kind of, uh, caught me off guard and I set the hook and, uh, yeah, we were off to the races there. Both of my feet went squeaking along the floorboard and, uh, could finally, you know, yell that this fish is big, big fish. Dude, and, I felt, uh, I felt that
4: set on like when i was up top with you because we were fishing right next to each other i literally felt the set your whole body like freaking moved (laughs) when you laid into that fish like you said you know the it was wet up on top of the boat like where we were standing and like yeah both your feet just like slid and whole body like jerked it's like okay game on
1: yeah when you toss you you were tossing that flap tail like really far out every cast and i know i've cast it sometimes and you can absolutely bomb that thing out there i look back at the footage brian your bait lands on the water it goes click clack boom literally the bait did two clacks wait so back. we did get footage of it the back cam got it yeah oh, the, of nice, the eat nice. of the eat yeah not the uh not the, not everything uh, else not the job. hook set <laughs> yeah, okay. so we didn't get to see your hook set the net is on phone we'll get into that yeah in, we'll in get a into second, that. <laughs> but but yeah it ate immediately and put up some yeah insane water you know way out there and you were saying like i think it's digging into the weeds you know when we got that fish in the bag there wasn't even no that's that's why i that was, was just I mean, fish
3: yeah it was I, I set into it obviously moved my whole body i knew it was big but you know, I I've learned from Max. Don't don't open your mouth too quick about calling it a big fish. Oh, you never, whoa, you, you whoa. never know with musky. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it started running. I mean, you know, there's a foot or two of clearance before these thick weeds. So I just kind of like made the call. It might be burying in the weeds. So I don't know how big it is. And yeah, it fought me for a while. It was dogging me um and it was so dark that even when we got it you know around the boat and got it up to get a look at it I just couldn't like quite see the whole fish and it just you know with a low light it looked narrower and shorter than it actually was um so yeah then we bring it around into the eight or not into the eight uh bring it up to the boat I think we put the net down and the fish made one more run so then I circled it back around uh and it kind of like gave up on us which was what we thought was going to be perfect for the net job <laughs> and I'm um, dragging it across the water and straight into the net and uh, then I think we all had a mini heart attack because the uh, front hook on the flap tail gets stuck right in the front of the net as the fish is coming in and all of a sudden like The net's in the water, and the fish's nose is in the net, and that's it. The rest of the fish is just out of the net. And uh, so Gus is, like, pulling the net closer. I'm, like, trying to, like, maybe pull the fish into the net the best I could, but, like, the hook was now in the nets. We weren't really moving that. Um, Gus ends up, like, trying to, you know, maybe dig the net a little bit deeper and be able to scoop it in, and, like, nothing was working. You know, we're kind of just frantic trying to figure out what to do. Um, Gus then has the net. Uh, like vertical, straight down into the water with the fish dangling in front of it, <laughs> and I, like, not I to mention no the idea. Fish,
4: not to mention the fish is going ape shit the whole time.
3: Yeah, like it's fish now decides not to cooperate. Um, and so I I had no idea what to do. Like I'm just sitting there, pretty much just holding my rod, and it all happened so quick. Like there's nothing I could say or do that I don't think would really help. But Gus has got the net vertical in the water, and he reaches tries to reach to the far side of the bag to grab that side of the net and lift it up and like in hopes that the fish would then fall into it. And he like, lets go of the, like the long part of the handle. He's yelling at max, like grab net max, grab the net, grab the net. And cusses is all the way over the boat. And uh, I think that's what ended up working is you're able to get a hand on kind of like the, the far railing side of the net and just lift it up and the fish kind of folded in at that point.
4: Yeah, I want to hear from so, Gus's perspective because he was the one who had the up and close personal,
3: like <laughs> viewpoint of this fish and the net job and everything. And he was the only one who knew how big it really I think, was. I think, I uh, think before Gus tells his side, it's important to note uh, Gus's dialogue as he's wrestling with this fish. He's sitting there yelling at it, get in the net. Why won't you get in the net? <laughs> well,
4: we'll release, we'll release the video on some platform. I don't know if it'll be on the muskies on tap or if, we'll see what we release now because it is Uh, i mean it is some some pretty uh uh, compelling uh video it's
1: (laughs) it's it would get some views you know it's it's (laughs) extremely embarrassing (laughs) on myself (laughs) i have never personally seen a big fish come in so easily to the net head first and have so much shit go down so quickly like everything Everything went right and then just went so wrong so fast. I mean, that fish was coming head first. I could see the bait. I know that just like put the net down, get it right in the middle of the bag, scoop up. You're good. I go to scoop it, put the net down. And when that bait gets hung in the bag, which I thought was like not really a problem because you can just kind of the rest of the bag is going to catch the muskie this fish was so big that like when it was hung towards the top you know where the where the handle meets the bag you know the rim of the net only half the fish was in it and the whole tail half was just hanging out of the back and i'm trying to like basically leverage up a 30 plus pound fish on like a flat pizza platter i mean the bag was just not (laughs) unfolding and i was yelling (laughs) Like, why won't you get in? It was so, I was so confused. I'm like, why won't you get in the bag? And I drop it (laughs) vertical, like Ryan was saying. And I was, I think for four seconds that fish didn't thrash around and my brain was moving so fast that I was about to bear hug that entire fish and just chuck in the boat. That sounds horrible, but I was very close. (laughs) I was also close to getting my hand in the gill to just hand land it but it's a flap tail and it's got hooks everywhere and there's hooks caught in the bag. So it's like really big fish hook caught in my hand, caught in the bag. We don't need three things caught together. Like, you know, that's, and I was about to, you know, I was attempting to try the drop the bag method where I just don't like use. That's what I
3: thought you were going to do. And I was like, Oh no, yeah, we've never tried
1: this. Yeah. So, but (sighs) I was, I was then trying to, I didn't want to hand land it. So I was then trying to reach to the back side of the bag. And honestly, I wasn't exactly trying to like grab the other side of the bag. I was trying to grab the tail of the fish to curl it in (laughs) because I thought like that's all it needed, which is and, you know, lucky for us and myself, the fish on its last thrash curved itself into the bag, like when it went nuts that last time. And then just dropped into the bag. And I was like looking at it when it dropped in. And I'm like, how did all this happen in the first place? Like there was plenty of bag space down there for it to drop in. I was beyond myself. And so funny,
3: uh, a quick, funny tidbit too to that is it was so dark that I, I knew it was a good fish. I didn't know how big it was uh but gus was definitely panicking more than me because he was like hands-on with the fish wrestling it into the net and he knew it was big
1: i knew it was and really I was, big
3: yeah I, I couldn't like quite get a full glimpse so i was like oh I it's was... a good
1: fish but i'm not panicking oh, I, was, I didn't know i was, it was my thinking TV. i was thinking dangerous things that one
4: <laughs> i mean gus you said that it was like embarrassing for you but i mean if there's any future clients listening to this i mean you were risking fingers limbs oh yeah body to get that fish in the bag like it wasn't obviously yeah. shit happens when you're musky fishing and and netting big fish i think you know we've heard a lot of horror stories from our days just from other people and like there's stuff that you just can't control that happens i mean mm-hmm. you were you were in the shit trying to get that fish in the bag like i you know i had yeah. the camera rolling and 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 like i said we'll, we'll we'll show you guys this footage but like gus has you know reaching over the boat like there are hooks flying everywhere i mean something bad could have potentially (laughs) yeah
1: i almost actually hooked my i actually almost hooked my finger on the lure with the you know fish the lure still in the fish's mouth when it got in the net finally when i was taking the hooks out and that was scary i mean i still have the poke and it almost jabbed completely through i think i got lucky on that one but turns out this fish inhaled the entire flap tail and it wasn't the two arms of hooks that was caught in the fish. It had the middle hook. I mean, there was like some gnarly teeth marks in the front of this flap tail. Thank God. It it broke it.
4: It broke the whole bait. Yeah. It's unusable after that. It doesn't,
1: it doesn't really work right anymore. I've been trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, fix it. Um, So if anybody knows bomb squad baits, how I can hook up with them. That'd be dope to like fix the arms and stuff. Cause I don't have the gear for that, but yeah, had to cut hooks. Uh, that fish was laying in the bag. Now, finally, all three of us are looking down at it and we're talking numbers. I think the first number that flew out was like 43 inch. And that's what and I'm I just thought, like, Yeah, I'm like, uh, eh, no, more like 45, 46 pushing. <laughs> and you're like, what? No. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I had no say, idea. Go ahead, Parker.
2: I will say that we did get a text saying you had a 44-ish inch in the bag.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it recall. was it was so dark that, like, it, it was hard to judge. And I, I didn't have any idea until I got a hand in skill and was pulling it up into the boat. Um, that's when I was like, oh, man, this is this is actually a really long and heavy fish.
4: It grew once you took it out of the bag. and Yeah you know we're able to get some really good pictures i still will say that that is one of the better better musky pictures background i've ever seen just so cool sun was, was that was
3: perfect the pictures
4: make it the pictures in the video make it look brighter than it was out you know it's like the golf telecast when they're going up 18 and they always say like you know, what you're seeing on the video is not actually how light it is, how we got our <laughs> yeah. lenses on, you know, because that's... No, really that's a good way to
3: describe like. it. Like, it, I couldn't see anything at that point, but in the picture, it looks fairly bright out. I know. And
4: what was, I think, really cool about the whole process was, you know, after we got the good video and the pictures and you were able to get the fish back in the water quickly, you know, Mitch and Parker weren't too far away. So when we had texted them, we had a good fish. They were able to come over and, and uh, we had both boats linked up you know fish is just recovering in the water pretty cool moment all five of us sitting there like the one objective we had all weekend was to put you know a northern wisconsin giant uh you know in the bag and all five of us got to kind of sit there and check it out it was it was sweet
0: yeah i think uh parker and i were definitely stoked for uh not only brian but all of us honestly to get our uh what our goal was on the weekend it was a team win it was a yeah it was a win i mean it we accomplished it and it was funny though parker and i we were uh after our little or my little action with the with the mid 40s uh we were pretty slow and so we were uh i mean we went back on a fish that i had raised earlier as well but we were just chatting it up still casting whatever and i kind of look off in the distance and i see a cloud and uh look at Parker and I'm like, Hey, I said, there's a musky cloud right over there. <laughs> and we both look and we're like, dude, that really does look like a musky. And I took a picture of it. I sent it over to Max and I don't think it was even sending through yet. And we get a uh, text that says Brian just got a giant or whatever it was. And we're like, no way. Like we're just looking at this cloud <laughs> over here saying, yeah, here's a sign. Someone's going someone's <laughs> to get one. It's going to eat. So yeah, pretty cool how uh, the little signs are out there. Sometimes I'm not telling you guys that that's a uh, tip or trick to uh, go look for the musky only fish clouds. on days when there's musky clouds. <laughs>
4: yeah, look look for musky clouds and yeah.
0: we can, um... if it happens again, uh, then we might be able to call it a pattern. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So yeah, Brian got a nice, beautiful upper 40s giant Northern Wisconsin fish, personal best on the top water pretty what uh, other bait
3: no other bait is yeah. gonna get
4: it done had to be on the top um you know i almost feel kind of guilty posing this question but like oh god are you
3: yeah. the top king now like what's what's <laughs> what uh i'll let you keep that title but uh i don't yeah, i don't feel I, like I,
4: it's deserved i don't feel like I've i have earned it anymore i
3: mean yeah i'll uh i guess i'll take it for now for the time being i thought you were gonna go down the road you were setting up to uh uh asked me who got that bait originally and who caught oh. the first fish with it and
4: oh we can touch on that i mean yeah Who no, was it's...
3: generous enough to let me use it
4: and <laughs> yeah, no we don't have to go back down that road again i uh no nah, I'm, I'm i'm glad you know every time you're throwing that bait you seem to find a squirm uh, you seem to be able to squirm your way to the front of the boat and uh it seems to be a good recipe for success for you <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's worked a few times. I I don't know how I get to the front of the boat, the opportunity just kind of opens up, and yeah, no clue. No uh, you clue. know, I'd be dumb to keep standing in the middle if nobody's up front. So. Yeah, facts.
4: No, I'm <laughs> I'm glad you're up there. I'm glad you're throwing that bait, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad that one was able to hit the net because, um, yeah, I don't know how much we want to labor on about Saturday night because things really kind of started to take a turn when we talked about that that cold yeah. setting in. It uh,
0: yeah,
4: it, it got ugly. In. But, um, glad we were able to get a giant in the net because we'll, uh, we'll touch on this in a, in a few minutes here, but Gus Parker and Mitch, when they were able to get out on uh Sunday night after Brian and I had to leave, um, you know, they had their encounters with some big fish too. So yeah, it was good to see that big one fall into the bag. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll post a clip on Instagram in some capacity and show you guys. I think Gus counted the seconds. It was, uh, what was it, Gus? 26 seconds that fish hung on the bag for?
1: Yes. 26 seconds mm-hmm. when that fish was first first hooked on the bag to when it actually folded into the bag. I mean, That's any of you guys time.
4: know, like, yeah. I mean, these these things are so finicky, getting these fish in the net. To have something like that happen for almost a half a minute where the fish is at a vulnerable spot to shake the hooks or get off, you know, it's just, it's a miracle that that thing had that thing flopped the right way. And that's truly the bounces that we talk about in musky fishing as a whole, right? Like sometimes things shake your way and sometimes they don't. And that was finally one where it it truly did shake our way because more times than not I feel like that that fish especially if you see the video there's multiple times where that fish if it it is unhooked it's gone you know it's not falling in the bag especially when that net was vertical and no one had the handle
3: yeah that was I'm very thankful that ended up working out now that I know how big the fish was but uh yeah that was incredibly fun um and then yeah we kind of got Humbled again per usual over the next few hours. We stuck it out to try and fish, you know, the first part of the major. Um, I think we fished maybe an hour of it and then uh ended up. I mean, I don't think you guys, uh, Mitch or Parker got any action either, but we we fished, I mean, it was super, super cool to be out there fishing because they're like the amount of fog, dew, whatever you want to call it that was coming off the water was crazy like uh, every five minutes that went by it seemed like it would double in thickness and uh anytime we turned our head (laughs) headlamp on like our distance we could see out was getting shorter and shorter and all of a sudden we were just kind of surrounded by this wall of fog um it felt kind of like creepy to where you know you'd expect to get crushed by a fish any second but wasn't happening we eventually got uh scared off the water by beavers
1: instead so
3: i thought we were like gonna be at the opening scene of like one of a horror movie
1: or something yeah here come the beavers Um, Horror. yeah i was about to say scooby-doo but you know horror film works too (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but yeah let me tell you what i am happy that we were sticking together like if i was out solo on a night like that that would be really creepy i don't think i would have oh yeah stay out there some weird noises coming from the shoreline and yeah all the cabin lights
3: shut off and just gets really dark and yeah yeah we heard some that chaotic splashing of water along the shore at one point and we didn't know if that was a huge eating or a deer that jumped in or what it was but yeah you just start hearing things because nobody's really talking at that point you got your eyes closed during a cast so (laughs) so let's uh let's move her along to it's so a Sunday. Um,
4: we went back Saturday night, had a few more beers, threw in a few quick trip bizas. Shout out quick trip, the goat. Um shout out quick trip. The goat. And woke up Sunday morning. We were feeling awful, tired, sore, unenthused. We headed out on some action water, and boy, was there some action.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian rolled the hot hand. hand. I mean, just they, crazy. He kept going. I don't know. What'd you go, Brian? Two for four on strikes and I don't every know. Single I moved, follow. Yeah. <laughs> six
3: move? or whatever it was. Seven. I don't know. Um, and
1: bitch's boat had a total of 14 yeah. follows and a, and a fish to go in the bag. So it's you know, three fish morning between the two boats and a total of probably 20, 21 plus contacted fish in a couple hours. That was pretty nice. Yeah,
3: that, that was wild. We were we were fishing, uh, you know, your typical weed lines and uh, kind of stuck to our plan that I worked on Saturday, which moved a lot of fish on blades. And um, I think we were, at one point, I was with Gus and Max, and we were throwing three wide bucktails and, you know, slightly different variations. And then not too long in, um, I was making a bait change per usual. And I think for whatever reason, Gus mentioned this little Spinnerbait type thing where it's just got like the grub tail on it, and you know, no uh, no hair or anything like that. And uh, it's got um, I don't even guess what kind of blade it is. is it? A French blade?
1: Uh, you changed it, but it started with like a tiny little Indiana and then you change it to a really small French, probably yeah. similar to a number five maps. Yeah, I would say that yeah, sounds right, something like that. Yeah. Oh
3: both of them like thumps super loud. Um, so I don't know, it was just a good change up at that point in the day. So yeah, I threw on this bait and then, yeah, like I said, moved six or seven fish caught, uh, a nice tiger muskie caught like a 30 inch muskie. They were just super active on this bait, had like a couple come into the eight super hot, like pretty much nipping at it and couldn't get them to go. Um, so yeah, super fun day there. Sunday, Um, And then, yeah, Max and I had to head out there in the later afternoon. And uh, I think Gus, Parker and Mitch were able to get out on another new body of water, maybe
0: for one or two of you for the for the evening shift. Yeah, I think uh, Parker and I stuck it out a little bit longer on body of water that we were fishing when all five of us were out there with all that action. But yeah, a little bit chaotic. I mean, it was almost uh, it is kind of humorous looking back at it a lot of, uh, upper twenties, lower thirties fish that just come in screaming hot. And I mean, it was one of those things where it was just, it was exciting. I mean, it's always exciting when you get a follow like that, but the, uh, conversion rate or the bite rate, I guess was not, uh, not the percentage you're looking at, but glad that we got a couple fish in the boat. And like Brian was saying, Brian and Max had a head out Sunday afternoon, um, Parker and I made our way back to uh, Gus's house. And uh, from there, we kind of put together a plan to go try to target some bigger fish again.
1: Yeah, we uh, decided to go to a lake that actually Parker and I went to the week prior and Parker got a really nice tiger and we moved a, a really nice, I don't know, 43, 44 inch class fish out on a bucktail and a couple more fish. So we're like, okay, there's a good amount of fish here we've heard that there's a good amount of fish there and there's also still shots at big fish you know somewhat pressured water but we're like screw it let's give it a shot it's the day before the new moon we got some juicy weather coming in so let's just give it our all all three of us uh parker mitch and i so yeah i think it was the first drift that we went through the spot and parker was the first to hook up so parker you want to talk about that
2: yeah um like gus had mentioned we had fished out there the week prior um had some action knew where some big fish were living i think our game plan kind of coming in was sticking out to that area um just a confidence area and we i think i was burning a stagger and boy was it, like nine ish ten feet of water you know just kind of a weedy style bay you know nothing crazy structure wise just kind of your standard you know july bite and i i I don't even remember if I was looking at my bait or not, but I felt a tick and I looked back towards my bait and about 10, 15 feet from the boat, I just see a giant head on the end of my bucktail. And when I say on the end of my bucktail, I mean like skin hooked on the lip and it does. It's, you know, the classic big fish head shakes, you know, and I think Mitch was pretty quick to the net. Um, This fish made like one or two runs. And I remember just saying like big fish, big fish, big fish made a run or two and, kind of turned back towards the boat and I remember seeing one more head shake and my bait pop free and Mitch and I looked at each other right away and you're like dang like that was you know that's one you want you know not one you want to talk about but one you want we're thinking you know humble mid 40s you know we don't want to boast it too much but a solid fish so I think that kind of got our our energy going right away hot start out to the evening and it wasn't shortly after we had, you know, fish flying everywhere, you know, the same hundred yard stretch, just, you know, fish after fish coming to the boat. Um, I ended up having one more foul. You know, you get, when you fish three people out of a boat, obviously two of you are kind of on that front deck and it just so happened to be that cast where Mitch and I are both burning blades in and we both figure you know, he went right and I went left. And I kind of just gave up on my figure eight and did like a quick turn to kind of let him cleanly do his. And as soon as I make that quick 180 degree turn, I have a mid thirties come up and snap at my bucktail and miss the bait. And then shortly after that, again, just a a mega window and reeling in the bucktail, same sort of thing. And we had raised this fish prior to the night. Gus had it up on a tube and we we think it was another solid fish. Not a great look at it, but nipped the back of the bucktail never got to see that one so again who knows how big it was but just a solid fish and that was you know just your classic evening bite um and then that kind of transitioned into that sunset era um and that's when when mitch got his chance and i'll let mitch kind of explain what happened there
0: Yeah, so I kind of got to take the uh, backseat on things for a little bit there, which nothing wrong with that. It's always exciting no matter who's uh, having the action. Unfortunately, Parker's case, yeah, when him and I both looked at each other on that first fish, uh, it's one of those that you wish uh, the scenario would have played out a little bit different, but it wasn't anything that Parker did or nothing that you could have done about it. It's a fish that we know is in there now definitely gonna go back on it yeah mine went back to uh bait that had been moving fish for me and uh multiple other guys all weekend go with that seven nine trigger and and just kind of burning it trying to figure out if they wanted speed or what they wanted and all i remember is i feel a little it was almost like a perch bite like honestly (laughs) just a little tick on the end of the uh bait and get a good hook set i mean i was able to look back on video with gus and hook set was fine but i think almost the same situation as parker there where just didn't get hooks where you would want it on that fish maybe uh maybe lip maybe just skin i don't know but that fish never got uh close enough to the boat to see I know that it was a uh, was a heavy fish wanted to uh, definitely wanted to see that one but that was kind of just our kind of just what was happening that uh, that night fish weren't uh, weren't cooperating with the way that they're biting they just weren't crushing it
4: yeah well and I kind of want to just really quickly go back to to Parker's fish because you know out of all five of us obviously like we were able to boat some fish um and i gotta give props to parker because he just kept like a damn good attitude through the whole weekend like this is a guy last week i he was fishing with gus had the hot hand was putting fish in the boat had a few fish during league th- that prior week uh that he was able to score on and you know then you come into this musky bender and it's like <clears throat> all five of us are are getting fish in the bag you know like I guess I'm sure there's people out there that have been part of a weekend where you have two, three, four buddies that are all out musky fishing and you're the guy that's not able to convert or not get one to go. You know, like, how did you keep that good attitude? Like, what was going on in your mind? Like, is it just one of those things where you just kept waiting for it to happen and then it finally does and you lose the fish and you just chalk it up to it is what it is or I guess what, what was going on on your end?
2: You know, I think at the end of the day it doesn't really matter who catches that fish and you know when you're when you're on a musky bender weekend like this you got two boats just attacking new water you know the boats are moving fish so you don't you know me personally I don't if Mitch has a follow next to me or you have a follow next to me that's the same thing you know what I mean it's a it's a team effort and if people are moving fish people move fish you know whether I'm throwing my bucktail in too slow too fast you know whatever you know the deal is I don't think it really matters and you know, maybe by Sunday night, you know, after I dumped two of them, maybe you think back, you know, like, well, you know, you had your opportunity, but at the end of the day, Brian got a mega, you know, there was how many, I don't even know how many fish we put in the boat that weekend, you know, and I say we, it, it's team sport and it's a great weekend and all in all. You know, it was kind of fun, ton of good, you know, lots of talking, lots of stories, lots of fish being put in that. And that's what you're looking for at the end of the day. So, no, no I, I, th- don't, I don't I think know. that's Just keep great. your great and keep passing.
4: I think that's great. Honestly, it's like, it's awesome to hear that viewpoint, I feel like, because I think it's common, especially when you're just after one big bite, not everybody's going to get it. So yeah, I think that's a great perspective to have, you know, especially when you do these, these long weekends with a lot of people, it's inevitable, right? Like, it just is. Um, So yeah, it's cool to hear that. But I know you got to go play some hoops. So I think you got to go, you got to sign off. Uh, we can't thank you enough for, for popping on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks guys for having me on again. Another great weekend in the books and I'm sure we'll be uh, tackling another big body of water, new body of water here shortly. Yeah.
4: We're going to run this
2: back, no doubt. And uh, I think you're
4: going
0: to be able to get some redemption.
2: Sounds good. Take it easy guys. All Cheers. right. Later.
1: See you Parker.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming on. No, I'd like to add on that though, Max. Like I think Parker uh, brings up a super good point. Like, Whether it doesn't matter what you're fishing for doesn't matter if you're fishing, if you're hunting, if it's sports, honestly, like be happy for your buddies. I know that, uh, in the past I've had people that I surrounded myself with that they're just kind of, they're the buzzkill They're It's all about them. And this crew was awesome this weekend. I mean, I enjoyed every second of it where like Parker said, you're just happy for that guy next to you, whether you're fishing in that boat or you're fishing with, or the other three guys are having success. Like at the end of the day, we share the same passion. So be happy for those guys
2: that are in your group.
0: Dude, I agree.
4: I can't, I I can't even reiterate it enough where it's like, whether you're hunting or you're fishing for muskie, especially muskie, like at the end of the day, you're looking for one big fish, uh, one big bite. And like I said, it's not going to happen for everybody. And so if it's like a collective unit trying to get the job done and when it gets done, everybody can kind of bask in that glory and share the success just makes it sweeter, not only for the whole group, but for the guy that catches a fish. Like, you know, I like if you're able to put that big fish in the bag and you got your good buddies around you and everyone's cheering you on celebrating, like, what's a cooler feeling? Like, it's just, you can't really beat it, honestly. I mean, not to get sentimental about it, but it really is. It's sweet. You know, it's a cool, cool part of the sport um, that I think I'm sure other people can relate to because you watch videos of other people and like on YouTube or whatever. And, you know, I think other people do a really good job of that too, where, you know, one person catches a fish, you see the other guy going just as crazy damn near. I mean, I think when Brian's fish went in the bag, Gus was more excited than Brian was. because (laughs) Gus knew exactly the the uh, severity of the situation (laughs) and what was going on. And that's the stuff that gets me pumped up. And I think, you know, if we do this musky bender and we're no matter where the fish comes from, it's going to be that same, like, you know, excitement level. So yeah, I'm glad Parker was able to touch on that before he dipped, because I do think it's an important thing, uh, especially in musky fishing.
1: Yeah, I agree there. Parker's mindset, his whole positivity on the weekend, even though he wasn't able to boat one was just like spot on for like anybody going out musky fishing, because they know how, how difficult it is to bring a fish into the boat. It's always a team sport. And really with that, it's, you know, another little, not even, I shouldn't even say little, that is like the reason or big reason that I kind of went into guiding is for the excitement of other people catching fish and kind of going into new people catching fish. So, I mean, getting a big fish in the boat team effort that it's it was so much excitement going around the whole weekend the as they say the boys are buzzing after that one but yeah and the, the boys rest of the buzzing. weekend yeah not
4: only that too it's like having positivity on the boat from all members like we always joke about pvo positive vibes only because sometimes we can get negative but when you okay get getting down ne- bad yeah it's okay <laughs> but like definitely when things are down bad it, it you know it feels off it feels wrong if people are able to continue to keep a positive mindset when they're musky fishing, it's going to put, like Mitch was saying back, like even on our first night, like when you have confidence, you're fishing it better when you have a positive attitude and you're feeling good about what you're doing, even if you're not catching fish, you're going to fish better ultimately. And, you know, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to put more fish in the net. Um, so yeah, I, I, Shout out Parker on that weekend. Cause you know, that's a, that's a grind hopping between boats fishing, you know, second, third hole times. Like it's, it's uh it's a real thing. So yeah. All right. So yeah, it was uh overall, it was just an awesome weekend. Um, couldn't have asked for a better crew. Definitely going to run this back, whether it's this fall at some point or try to, you know, hit, hit another weekend uh, next summer. But um, I know Mitch, you got, you got uh, some stuff on your agenda tonight. We've kept you for a long time, so we can't thank you enough for coming back on or uh, coming on uh, for the first time. We'll have to have you back on throughout the season to kind of check in and see how your, your stuff is going. Um, anything you, you know, else you want to touch on with uh, the potential future guiding or anything else you got going on right now?
0: Uh, no, for sure. Thanks for having me. I mean, phenomenal weekend definitely one for the memory bank uh look forward to running that back hopefully this fall or even sooner who knows but yeah i'm uh gonna see what's in the cards maybe uh don't know about this year but next year i would like to uh dabble a little bit into uh into that guiding game just uh everything we talked about tonight experiencing uh emotions raw emotion i mean that's something that you can't put a price tag on that when you see a buddy or you see family member that gets to uh catch a fish and see that pure excitement enjoyment that they get to express that's uh that's the best feeling that there is that's the most rewarding thing that you could ask for but other than that um no like always appreciate it i appreciate uh The Manti residents letting me uh, crash up there, and uh, Mama and Papa Manti always uh, providing a nice roof over the head and some solid food. Yeah, always.
4: And hey, real quick, you got some pretty sweet merch out there. I don't know if you have like a line or if you just make them individually for people, but do you want to talk about that at all? Because I know um, I need to get my hands on one of those sweatshirts, but they're pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Besides musky fishing, uh, duck hunting is definitely a huge passion of mine. Um, kind of came up with just a, uh, fun little, uh, name for a, uh, I don't know, for my little crew or whatever, I guess, whoever wants to come with, I'm always open to go with new people for hunting and that, but yeah, foul language outdoors. You can look me up on Facebook. That's F O W L language, but yeah, we got sweatshirts and uh hats that i think it's a pretty sweet design if i must say myself so yeah it's cool check that out um instagram lundy underscore outdoors if you want to see some more pictures of uh fish or whatever goes on always appreciate that but yeah i got some stuff to complete the rest of the night so probably go walk the dog and get a few chores done my wife lets me uh Spend time on the water and spend time with the boys. So uh gotta make sure I spend some time with her. Yeah, I gotta log,
4: <laughs> gotta log the minutes. Feel that. All right. Well, uh, can't we can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, it was great. So looking forward to the
1: next
0: adventure. For sure. Take care, guys. Thanks. All right, thank take you care, much. Thanks.
1: Yeah. See ya. Thank you. All right, that kind of wraps up the musky Bender weekend. We want to thank Parker and Mitch for coming on the podcast. for first, first time on. I uh, had a really good time talking with them, getting their viewpoints on things, you know, listening to their attitudes on, on times when they're moving fish, not moving fish, all that stuff, and got to thank Mitch as well for bringing up his boat. You know, he was a, the other reason on why we could do two boats and five people, so that that really helped helped out on the game of getting more muskies in the bag and you know figuring the bite out for the weekend a lot better. So, thank you guys so much for coming on and. And be sure to be sure to check out, you know, Mitch's foul language stuff. That's pretty awesome. I got a hat of his and it's, it's a sweet logo. So give them a follow.
4: So to wrap this up, Gus and Brian, I'm thinking we might just do a little uh, bait MVP and maybe a biggest takeaway from the weekend and leave it at that. Uh, what, What would you say? I mean, Brian, I probably know your answer to your bait MVP, but. What was it? What was your biggest yeah. takeaway from the weekend?
3: Yeah, obviously easy answer. Bait MVP of the weekend. And probably until mm, mid November, gonna be that <laughs> flap tail uh bomb squad. Is it the C four flap tail, Gus? That mid size one. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, C four flap they make. Um seems to get it done more times than not at, at sunset um caught some in the morning at first light on it too but yeah caught caught the big one this weekend um like i think gus and parker had said earlier uh in the pod of the night that feels kind of pointless to fish uh second and third in line on the boat when the flaps out in the front so it seems to move fish and you know it entices them to strike out in the cast too which is fun so um yeah biggest takeaway wise uh I love night fishing, uh, learned that. We had dabbled in, it in the past, but actually getting out there for, you know, I guess probably eight hours total in the dark was super fun. Um, you just have a totally different like feeling out there when it's pitch black and you're musky fishing and uh, it adds, definitely adds a new level of excitement to it. So um, we'll definitely be looking forward to more of that in the future.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed night fishing a lot too. Uh, I'd say my one takeaway, well, I guess, wait, no, no, no before that. I got to talk about bait MVP for myself. I mean, I got that fish on a tube, moved a fish on a tube. Tube wasn't really that red hot, but I'm just going to probably steal Max's bait MVP unless we're doing, are we doing multiple ones? Max, is that all right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I
4: can hitch my wagon or I can come
1: up with something else. I mean, I think it's just got to go to just a stagger blade. I mean, blades were red hot that mayhem trigger seven nine was unbelievably red hot getting majority of the follows a few fish and just you know allowing us to put some fish in the bag and find some fish was was because of that bait so that's the mvp in my books for sure and my takeaway from the weekend is that for a musky bender when you get that many good sticks in the water you have that good of weather and you got new moon coming, I mean, you just got to go hit big fish, low-density water. I mean, I've heard stories about the lake that we went to that it can be an absolute nightmare to people. And the fact that we were able to get that much success just tells me that we hit the time really perfectly on moon phase and weather because even going back to this week now, going back on some pretty much what I'd say action water has been not very action-y. You know, the weather took a little turn, and I think every fish in every county of the state ate Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It felt like, I mean, I know people were able to get fish in the bag still. You know, I just wasn't able to key in key in on any patterns kind of that we had from the weekend going into this week. But yeah, that was my key takeaway. Go fish those big fish waters when you have really good weather. Don't beat yourself up and go there when it's just crappy out as in not good weather. So
4: All right, well my bait MVP, um going to hitch my wagon back to Gus. I think it was kind of the the return of the blades this weekend. Felt like blades started to produce finally. Um I know like Mitch said it's not something that we throw as often as we probably should but it really felt like it was the return of the blades i got a lot of confidence moving forward for the rest of the summer i think the weeds this year for whatever reason have been really great and i think that lends itself to some good bucktail fishing so anything you can switch up i mean that seven nine stagger it grinds makes a lot of noise um highly would recommend getting that in your tackle box if you don't have it or if you do have it in your tackle box start to utilize it a little bit more, um, felt like that was a big producer for us this weekend as far as as just getting fish to, to show us where they live or catching fish for that matter. So yeah, that's gotta be my MVP as well, Gus. And then as far as a takeaway, um, I think anytime you can get out and fish with five buddies, uh, really just sit back and enjoy it because it's not often, especially as you get older, Uh, that you're able to get, you know, people, people have life get in the way, get five guys out on the water for a full weekend, be able to just kind of, you know, cowboy it for two and a half days, not sleep, not worry about anything, not worry about what's going on in your phone, not worry about what's going on with work, anything. It's just a really good disconnect from reality, honestly. So if you're able to do that, just soak it in as much as you can. And enjoy it because yeah, those moments are few and far between, especially as you start to get older and I try to appreciate them more and more. I think it's hard when you're in the moment because you're so locked in and focused, but it always feels like after I take a few days outside of our trip starts to sink in, like, especially Monday through Wednesday, you know, you're working, you're like, man, that was pretty cool to be able to do that. So that would be my biggest takeaway. Um, yeah,
3: I uh, I agree on that. Especially like we didn't have it this weekend, but you know we've done a couple of adventures in the last couple of years. But if you can get somewhere to fish, you know, sort of remote bodies water where there is zero service, like you can't use your phone at all unless it's to take a picture of your fish. That's super nice. Like come the end of the weekend, you just feel so much more refreshed, like a clear mind you're not staring at your phone at all for, you know, 24, 48 hours. So that always is like a nice bonus too. Like it may seem scary to go into without your phone, but it's, it's super nice. Yeah. That disconnect is real and, uh,
4: charges you up. I mean, I definitely feel like I've just been kind of flying on cloud nine all week after that weekend. And lucky enough for me, I'm able to get another weekend in with Gus, uh, this upcoming weekend before a little bit of hiatus of musky fishing, you know, potentially up until almost for a million in mid-August. So really just trying to soak in those trips when we're able to do them, uh, especially for the weekend warriors like myself and Brian, it's a, uh, it's a true treat when we're able to get out there and put some long, you know, log some long hours on the water. Uh, just doesn't really, just doesn't really get much better. So yeah, that's my, that's my biggest takeaway.
1: Yeah. Now looking forward uh, past this musky bender weekend, a lot of weather was moving in and out it was really random and and it's wednesday night as we're recording and there's still more rain and just miscellaneous up and downs up and downs and then we are going to get looks like a sustained warm up pretty much you know leading into next week with a little bit of slight rain chances but we're going to get heat um Doesn't look like a lot of wind, actually. So, just make sure the body of water you're fishing isn't too hot. I can't imagine it's going to get too bad up here. It's Wednesday night. I was on the water for just a little bit today. Uh, Side note, lost a nice fish. That was a bummer. Fish just continued to hit weird after that Sunday night, it felt like. And the water temps dipped below 70 up here. So... They cooled off pretty good so this sustained heat up could be actually a good thing to kind of pick back up on some you know hot and heavy fishing with bucktails and rubber and stuff like that so look forward to some good classic deep weed edge deep weed bays fishing you know going into this weekend so i hope everybody can get some tight lines this weekend you know for all the listeners you know, first, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the story on our musky bender. And if you have some cool fish picks, you know, just be sure to send them in. You know, you can send them into uh, my social medias or you can send it into the Muskies on Tap Instagram account. Um, So I'll just quick plug those in. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Suggs Fishing. You can find this podcast, Instagram account at muskies on tap. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. You can just add me as a friend or my guide service page, which is Suggs fishing guide service. Or if you want to reach out by text or call voicemail or whatever, you can reach me at 920-264-3816.
4: And real quick, uh, the muskies on tap Instagram page has been a lot of fun to dive into. So, Feel free to hit us up for whatever really was chatting with some listeners over the weekend, which was a good time. So uh, we're active on that. Just uh, feel free to reach out for whatever and uh, we'll be sure to get back to you.
1: So for the muskies on tap page followers, we are going to apologize that we did not get to Q and a this week because this podcast went pretty long and needs to be edited uh, in time for the listeners to get out. So Don't think we forgot about you. We got them written down. We took screenshots. We'll get after it on the next one. So stay tuned. Brian, take us away.
3: All right, everybody. That's a wrap on our musky bender. We had a tremendous time this weekend. I urge all of you to try and get the band back together to get out for your own sort of musky bender in the coming weeks. It is a great time of the year to do it. Uh, Make sure to keep fishing exclusively choked out. Bow rush choked out milfoil whatever you can find where it doesn't look like anything (laughs) can swim in there that's where they're at (laughs) stick to that plan you'll be (laughs) happy cheers